Hey, welcome to the Trinity Podcast from Trinity Assembly of God in Mount Morris, Michigan. We hope the message today helps you know God and make Him known a little more in your life. Thanks for listening. We're here this morning to honor our 2023 graduating class. Yeah. For this morning's message, if it's okay with you, church, I'm going to speak to the graduates, but I believe that this message is something that we can all get something out of. But I feel the need today to speak to them and to encourage them. There's some good news for all of us in the room today. And the good news is this. This message will not last more than 30 minutes, no matter how well or how terrible it goes. And there's the promise of cookies and cupcakes at the end. Amen. Today's message I titled, Heroes in the Making. Heroes in the Making. I'm very blessed and we are all very blessed to be a part of a church that has so many heroes sitting in its seats today. So many heroes that have been a part of creating this church that we call home. People like those on the Dominican Republican Republic missions team today. People like those serving in the kids ministry right now so you can listen to me talk. People like uh, those that have come alongside us uh, when, when we had no idea what we were doing in the youth ministry, people like Corey Graining, Chad Luce, and Billy Eddy, who have come alongside Miranda and I uh, to fill a need in the youth ministry when we had no idea what we were doing. I would like to, to take a moment to share a few of my personal heroes with you today. I want to share a picture with you this morning, uh, and this picture is very special to me because it captures the most important day, of, or most, uh, uh, my favorite day, my most important day of my life thus far. This is a picture, if you could see it, of my wedding day, right here on this stage. And on either side of this picture, you'll see uh, my dad and my father-in-law. I'll let you guess who is who. Although I will jokingly deny any resemblance to my dad, which I cannot deny whatsoever, I will always call him my hero and strive to be like him. Watching him love his family and work so hard to provide for us, not only, uh, and, and to guide us not only in his own wisdom, but always pointing us to the wisdom that God offers. I've always looked up to my dad, not only because of what he could do for me, but also because of the value he puts on people. I will never forget, uh, I was at my grandparents' house one night, it must have been in the summer or something like that, and it was in the evening and my parents uh, were out doing something, date night, I don't know, I didn't ask details, right? But I was at grandma's house and, and, and I remember I had just learned to write in cursive. They still taught that then, crazy, right? But I was writing my name in cursive, and I remember practicing and getting all the, the letters, and, and I remember my teacher explaining the importance of having a good signature, something you can write quickly and something that people can read. I got the write quickly down, but not so much the things you can read. I didn't get that part. But I remember being uh, so... Uh, obsessed with getting my signature down, that I grabbed every scrap of paper I could find, and I was writing my name over and over and over. 
And I remember when my dad got uh, to my grandma's house, he came in the door and I remember grabbing the paper that I, I had and I ran to the door to show him what I could do. And my dad, in, in, his, in a way that only he can do, he took the paper and looked at it and folded it and slid it in his pocket and he didn't say anything. He's like, Dad, what are you doing? And he looks at me, and if you know my dad, he has a famous smirk. He looks at me with a smirk on his face, and he says, one day when you become famous, I want to say I have your first autograph. From that moment, I knew that I had value. I always knew, but in that moment, I knew that I had value in my dad's eyes. On the other side of the picture, you're going to see another man that I share a very close resemblance with. That's my father-in-law, Ken. Ken, that one was for you. <laughs> I didn't grow up with Ken. I don't have any childhood memories of him. However, I do get to see his sense of humor, his character, and his family pride in my wife and his daughter. I don't think I've ever seen a man be more proud of his family and to be be able to be welcomed into the Pennington family is a huge honor. Graduates like me, you probably have heroes with you today. They may be sitting in the section behind you. They may be uh, your favorite Sunday school teacher. They may be your favorite youth leader. They may be uh, a team member that you serve with. They may be uh, someone who uh, blessed you with a, a scholarship to camp, or they may be someone, a hero in the building that maybe they don't even know they're a hero to you. But maybe when I say a hero, and your, your mind instantly goes to one of the many Bible stories that you learned in your time of student ministries. Stories, uh, there's so many examples of, of, of superhuman abilities and things in the Bible, things uh, like uh, just unbridled strength that we see. We see uh, a man killing a giant with nothing but a stone. We see uh, people going into battle within, uh, and having heroic stories of going into battle extremely outnumbered and coming out victorious. We could go on and on. But let's not forget the most famous hero, and personally my favorite, the one who died and saved the entire planet with one decision. That's our hero, Jesus. I started down this path of reflecting on my own personal heroes, and I started questioning what makes a hero a hero. And I came, uh, I was reminded of a story of someone who was asking a very similar question. Now, I'm going to apologize in advance because there's a lot of reading coming up next. But today, I want to look at 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 15. It says, now when the Lord was about to take, I also want to apologize because there's two names that are very similar. There's Elijah and Elisha, and it's guaranteed I'm going to get them mixed up. So have some mercy, please. Chapter 2, now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha, there it is, uh, were on their way to Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, please stay here for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel and the sons of the people, 
of the prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from you? And he said, yes, I know. Keep quiet. Elisha is so much better than me. He's, he just says, keep quiet. I'd be like, yeah, I know. Shut up. Right, but can't say shut up in student ministries. Right. Uh, Elijah said to him, Elisha, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The sons of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from you? Again, he answered, yes, I know. Keep quiet. Then Elijah said to him, please stay here for the Lord has sent me to sent me to the Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood at some distance from them as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water and the water was parted to the one side and to the other till the two of them could go over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And he said, you have asked for a hard thing. Yet if you see me as I am taken from you, it shall be so, uh, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. And as they went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind to heaven, and Elisha saw it and cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own, uh, of his own clothes and tore them into pieces. He took up the cloak Elijah had, uh, that had fallen from him and went back and stood at the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water, saying, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he struck the water, the water was parted to one side and to the other, and Elisha went over. Now when the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho saw, uh, saw him opposite them, they said, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha, and they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. You see, at this point, it's believed that Elisha had been uh, living life with Elijah for about six years, living life with him, following him everywhere, doing everything that he did. There's no doubt that he saw Elijah do some very incredible things. In the previous chapter, we see uh, Elijah is, is up on a hill, and the king of the land where he's at sent a captain and 50 men to go retrieve Elijah and bring him to him. Elijah didn't want to go, so he called fire and consumed the captain and the 50 men. Graduates, I'm sure, had you known this story before, you may have tried this many times when parents were trying to tell you to clean your rooms or you have to wake up in the morning. And if that wasn't enough, the king again sent another captain and another 50 men, and Elijah did the same. <laughs> You see, Elisha would have witnessed Elijah, it's going to be complicated, folks, being used by God to do many things, 
some of which uh, include confronting kings and performing incredible signs and wonders. In verses 1 through 6, we see the same thing happen, almost as if it's on repeat. They arrive to where they're going, Elijah and Elisha, they arrive to where they're going. Elisha is reminded that his master, the, the one that he's been following, is going to be taken from him. Elisha replies that he knows and tells him to stop talking. And then when they're there, Elijah tries to get Elisha to stay where they're at. And every time Elisha, are you guys sick of hearing Elijah and Elisha? Every time they, there you go. Every time they were to leave, Elijah would try to get him to stay there. But Elisha was determined to not miss a moment that he had left with this hero. I believe in these three uh, in these three moments we can see a few of the keys to reaching hero status. See, looking at these three moments, I pulled out three of the keys, but please know that there are many more, and some you will discover on your own journey to becoming one. Because graduates, you all have the making of a hero. You've all been being prepared your entire life for a moment where you take the reins on your own life and you make the decisions. And you get to make the decision to stand firm. You have the making of being a hero. You have what you need. The first uh, key, the first thing that I would like to point out is that a hero in the kingdom of God comes not so much from the right abilities, but rather the right choices. Elisha may have never received the double portion of, Elisha, of Elijah's spirit had he not made the right choice to stick with his hero. You see, graduates, you have the opportunity to make the right choice. I heard a quote this week, uh, and I didn't hear who, who it was by, but they said, a generation that refuses to be changed will change the world. A generation that refuses to be persuaded, or a generation that refuses uh, to, to change the morals and ethics will change the world. Because if you are confident and you are strong in your standings, the Bible says that if he is with you, who can stand against you? The next thing, a hero... Heroes are constantly in pursuit of just a few key dreams, thoughts, or commitments. In other words, they have a mission. Every hero has a mission that they want to see come to reality. That mission for you may be a ministry role. That mission for you may be in whatever field that you've chosen to pursue, whether it be marketing, engineering, whether it be ministry or some other uh, a field, whatever it is, God has put a mission on your heart that only you can fulfill. God has given each and every one of us a calling and a purpose. That's your mission. My third point, if you can easily be shaken from your call, you'll never see it happen. If you can easily be shaken from your call, if you can be convinced not to follow it, you'll never see it come true. 
Elisha had been following Elijah for three years. And you can't help but think that maybe the three times he tried to get him to stay there was a test to see how bad he really wanted it. Graduates, people will, see how, people will test you just to see how bad you want it. Whether that be an employer, whether that be a, a, a coworker in a similar field that you're going into. But you see, Elisha's determination to stay and to serve Elijah led to him receiving what he was in pursuit of, and that was a double portion of his spirit. In verse 7, we see an, another key point, and that's this. Not everyone can go where you're called to go. You see, there were 50 other uh, sons of prophets that followed Elijah and Elisha. They all stopped on one side of the Jericho. On one side of the Jordan, while Elijah and Elisha traveled on. My key to you to this uh, this morning is short and sweet. Go on. Heroes do what others can't because they can. You see, heroes. What makes them a hero is that they they do what others can't do. They provide a solution and they fix a problem that others can't solve. Graduates, many have looked at your generation and labeled it a lot of different things. And to be honest, if we look at it, it's probably because your generation doesn't look like the ones before it. Your problems don't look like our problems. Our solutions don't solve your problems. But your solutions solve the problems for your generation. What some might label as your generation, as a lost cause, you look at your generation and you see your classmates, your friends, your teammates. That's why God has been making you into the heroes that we all need for this next generation. What others may have labeled your generation, for you, you see it differently. You see your friends. You see those worth fighting for. You see those worth pursuing. We need you to do what we couldn't do and go where we couldn't go to reach who we didn't reach. At this time, I'm going to uh, ask the grads, I told you, 30 minutes or less, boom. <laughs> At this time, I'm going to ask the grads to make their way to the side of the stage as we move on to the celebration portion.